evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Friday, April 21st, in the year 2023. I almost said 2021. Time traveler. That's me, time traveler. No, this is good. And it's a nice end of the week. We had a really nice show the last hour with Brian Kahunik. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I'd encourage you to do so. It's just a nice break from the crazy of our world. We're going to kind of chill on some of that tonight, too. It's a whole week of insanity. We need some reprieve as we head into the weekend. However, one thing is pressing always, and that is the state of your food supplies. These Luciferian crazies truly do want to cut us off at the knees and sever our ability to get food. With all of the other issues going on, from natural disasters to climate change, usually man-made, and other issues, it's important to have a baseline of your emergency food that you can always take with you and you know that will last for years. My Patriot Supply provides some of the best for all of that with food that lasts up to 20 years. So I really encourage you to check them out. Patriots, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food right now. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now while it's on sale. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll enjoy free shipping too. MyPatriotSupply.com. Patriots, no time to waste. Sovereignty begins with food security. Check it out. It definitely does. MyPatriotSupply.com. It definitely does. Sovereignty and food security go hand in hand. You know, I was talking to a couple pastors recently and talking about our online group, this core, there's a core group here that shows up in probably about a hundred to, it ranges, but it's around 150 people and shows up at almost every show. And if not, it's probably at the rate of 70%. And that doesn't count people that are listening. And so I'm not excluding anybody. But I'm just saying in that core active chat, there's probably 150 that show up regularly at almost every show. And they were stunned because I, because when I, they do, these pastors do maybe three sermons a week and we do the, the equivalent of 17 a week. And they were amazed. And my point was that there's a, when we take, away the, the need or the rigidity of the walls of the church and we start to bring the church into our heart, into our home. It's an amazing amount of fellowship that we build in a very different way. 
And that is a lot of what Bard's Nation is and what's pretty amazing about it. And I'm constantly impressed and humbled by all that is here and all that continues to build. Today we had a couple of neat, Fridays are always special days. I'll just say it like this. And so we had our bended knee prayer, if you were part of that or not. It's a long prayer session today. It was about 90 minutes. And that continues to be amazing. We have amazing testimonials of the impact of prayer and the inspiration coming from Bars Nation, as well as we have an amazing number of people reaching to this community for prayers of strength and healing. And I think that's an amazing statement in itself. It's a testimonial to the trust that's placed there because some of these are very personal and there is quite a quite amount of uh, honest trust that's placed here with this community. And also the, the reliance on people they know are praying right. So this is, says just a lot. Friday's prayer, bended knee prayer, is, is a very, very special event. And I, I just want to thank everybody that participates in that. Encourage, if you aren't part of that or haven't experienced it, I'm not saying you have to make it a regular thing, but I would encourage you to come into the online or at least the live stream of that, which is every Friday at the Bended Knee time, which is 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And just experience that amazing community that comes together and prays together. It's very real. It's very alive. And the Holy Spirit definitely settles in. And it's a powerful experience and just really wonderful. So I would encourage you to be part of it if you're not. Um, I think it's extremely rewarding and really gives a lot back if, if you can. You know, this has been an interesting week. And I... I I got to tonight, and um, if you know who Slash is, he used to play for Guns N' Roses. And I was really struggling with a show for this, this evening. This is before I had, when we ended up having Brian on, Brian Kahanek, which was fantastic. But I was struggling because I just didn't really want to dig in to more of the visceral nonsense that's going on in this world. And there's plenty of it, and there's going to be plenty of it to fill other shows. But I had a really amazing call before, a couple amazing calls before the show, and I'll get to those in a minute. And then we had a, I got to this kind of last 30 minutes, literally, before my, before the Bards FM 6 p.m. show, 6 p.m. Pacific. And I really had no idea what I was going to do. And I was cruising through some video clips, TikTok stuff, and there was this video that came up with the guitarist Slash, who I said used to play for Guns N' Roses. And I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, he, I, he's amazing, and, and under with Guns N' Roses, I mean, that just, that was a, I love that band. I don't care what their motive was. They just sing some amazing stuff, and I really like them. And um, it was just awesome. This clip was a group of students. And this I say this because we've got so much divisiveness coming out of our and hatred and nastiness coming out of our public schools. And here was this group of young kids, and I'm, I'm guessing their age is between 12 and about 15 years old, maybe 14. And they were on stage, and they, it was, they were playing Guns N' Roses music. And they show this other, they, they, they've obviously set this up beforehand, but the kids didn't know. And so you see the film clip of Slash 
who obviously used to play for Guns N' Roses, coming down the stairs. And he came in with absolutely no fanfare. He just slips right in with them, and he starts playing with them. And to watch the expression of those children's faces, I, it really chokes me up because it was just like in the middle of this insanity that we're dealing with. Here a guy comes in, and he just plays with the kids. And the, the, the young man that is the lead singer in this event is just, he's totally focused on singing, which is cool. And the other kids, there's like three of them with guitars, and the drummer looks over and sees him. And you can just see this complete transformation in them. The drummer goes up to another notch. He's inspired with Slash. The guitarists suddenly find themselves playing next to one of the legends in guitars, in, in, in music and rock and roll. And they're all inspired, and Slash is just playing along with them. And as the singer ends, he turns and he sees Slash, and his jaw drops. He must his jaw's like gaping open. He can't believe it that there's Slash. You know, it it's it was so inspiring because we just see so much nastiness, and we forget how much there still is so much good in this world. We really do. Um, that is, and I finished with that video, I sent it to Brian Kahanek and then I picked up the phone and just so you know, the backstory in tonight's show, I just, I called him. I said, Brian, what are you doing in 20 minutes? He goes, um, what do you want me to do? I said, get on the show with me, just talk music and, and, and analog and tubes and whatever. And he's like, love it. And so he just jumps on and Brian's one of the great guitarists of our time as well. It's refreshing, and I think, you know, it's a reminder that we've got to dip into that more often, even the reminder to me, because we are living in a world that wants us to waller in the shit that they make for us, and we need to remember not to. And we need to remember to, to really appreciate the amazingness of God's world and pray into it a lot, because there's going to be enough of the nastiness around. We spent a lot of time this week really talking about red lines, which I think are a very important development part. It's, it's understanding what God needs in us. And it's, I continue, will continue to talk about it. And I continue to encourage you to pray into it and continue to frame that. I would encourage you to seek that understanding of Peter with the sword of steel and Jesus with the sword of the spirit as he heals the ear and, and let God just kind of paint that picture for you in your heart to where he wants you to walk and where that red line is. I'm pretty clear on it, and I have no issue with it, and I'm comfortable with it. But at the same time, never to forget that prayer is our lead element, and there's so much other about this war that we really need to remember. God does not fight a war like men do and like this Luciferian order puppeteers. God does not just put men up with swords against men with swords. Right now, there is a massive distribution of people across this country that are doing amazing things. They're doing rallies. They're doing seminars. They're, they're bringing people to Jesus. And we're all having different lanes that we walk in. And if you look at this from a strategic point of view, God is just beating the heck out of the enemy. We just don't always see it from that optic. The enemy is a very linear, very angry, very empty, very hatred-filled enemy. 
The enemy hates God's children. Enemy relishes in pain. The enemy seethes in the idea of the word of Christ and sees at the idea of anybody carrying the Bible and speaking about God because the enemy knows that we have the mightiest of mighty on our side. And so when you start to look at the distribution of the many things that are going on, you start to see how God has put his people across this globe. And as we do various elements of what we're called to do, it's every one of those moves is putting a spike into the enemy. It's chipping at their arm, at the enemy's armor and wearing the enemy down, which is going to also lead to a visceralness of the enemy that's going to come out. And you're going to see a lot more hatred as we get closer to the center of who they are and expose them. But that's where the glory of what we have and the various ranks and file of what we are as in as Christians and in God's army begins to show itself in glorious ways. There are those, the watchers on the wall. And the watchers on the wall are going to be centered, obviously, and in, in that strength of faith, but they're not going to hesitate to use the sword of steel to, to protect and defend and to, to wade off the enemy's attacks. And then you have, and I'm just using, this is from Nehemiah, using this metaphor. I mean, this, you're going to have those that are building and repairing the wall, and they're going to be carrying the bricks and carrying the sword in their other hand, always ready if they need to, to respond to a breach in the wall, to fend off and to repair. But as we go further back behind the wall, we're finding the teachers, we find the gardeners, we find the mothers, we find the administrators and, the, and so forth. And each one of those, though, will carry both a sword of steel and a sword of the spirit. But to what level they wage it and wield it is a different thing. But it's a, it's a mentality that we have to get back into our head that we are all part of this fight. And to what element you lead and to how much you have to depend on one side or the other is really going to be the relationship that each of us has with Father and how he guides each one of us. I'll be respective as much as I can of all of those different areas, though I'm I'm fairly tempered, as in steel-tempered, to be that person on the wall. And it's just who I am and how I'm made, and I'm good with that. And I'm comfortable with that, and that's part of how God led me in my walk in a very amazing way as I have walked through many fields and I've been through many different seasons. He's put me in the battlefields. He's shown me how to literally walk in the battlefield for three and a half years, meeting with some of the most divisive and hateful people that one could imagine and yet find ways to broker peace, to find ways to to bring relationships where we thought it was impossible to forge relationships and to leave there with more respect than there was killing. And that's an amazing walk to make. So I, with all of that, there's a, there's a great deal of respect that I'm able to carry both for those that are on the point of the spear that have to literally deal with the elimination of the enemy to those that are in the support roles and other places where their role is very different than that on the point of the spear. And I'm blessed to be in a bridge point where I can relate to both, but I have a great deal of under, uh, appreciation for the need for all. And I think that's well said, that it's not just one or the other. And unfortunately, what I think tends to what happens in our life, in our faith, is we tend to default 
to one perspective. And I hear this a lot and we'll hear things like, well, we just need to pray and we just need to pray and, and do that. Well, agreed, but we need to remember that even in prayer, when Paul prayed, he prayed for blindness for somebody. So there is a, there is a decisive act of war even in that. And I'm not encouraging you to go any which way other than the way God guides you, but to be respective of the fact that there's more than one approach to this fight because God does not fight a linear fight. He might fights a multidimensional, asymmetric fight against an enemy that tends to be very predictable. This enemy hates his children. This enemy has hate in its heart. This enemy does not want children to be to grow up with the glory of a father. And so that also puts a responsibility on us to protect that greatest asset, which are the children, and equally protect another great asset, which is the wisdom class or the elderly. And that takes different forms of protection, but it's going to require all levels of that to endure this fight. So I mentioned I had a couple calls earlier, and one was with somebody that we know very well. And this is with uh, Jennifer Renee, if you remember her from um, from Bart's Fest. And in Bart's Fest, she, was, she did the 300 pots of light. And it was just a wonderful call to hear about some a major successes that she's had in the blessing of Father as her work continues to be elevated and people are beginning to see the amazing things that she does with the creation of pottery. And again, a pathway that she's going that is always in the leaning in and trusting in Father in all that she does as she follows the passion of her heart. It's something that she started about three years ago as she made a difficult decision in her life to step away from a good job and step in blindly to a world that she had never been in, which is to follow her gifts and talents and start a business and build herself up through pottery and the various things she's done. And she's continuing to see the, the fruits of that uh, come about three years now into it. And just really a wonderful reminder of our commitment to the walk in faith that we have. Our fight is truly at multiple levels. We have a spiritual fight and we have a physical fight. And we wage a war and Father wages a war with us in the spiritual realm, but we also manifest that in the real. And it's we don't get to we get to walk this path of one foot in each. It's just part of our walk. And I think it's what makes us so unique and so special and what makes our experience here so amazingly special is that we have to learn to balance both. And we're called to do different things in, in this walk. Whatever we're called to do, he leads. And it will take different forms for each of us. As Brian talked about tonight, he fights this war through music. And it's a powerful tool and a powerful weapon in this fight. And as Jennifer fights this war through the creations of pottery, and it's a powerful war, a powerful tool in this war, as she not only reaches hearts, but she puts basically spiritual beacons in people's homes that every one of these pieces is blessed. And it's almost like having a, a lantern of, of the kingdom in your house. Brian is, puts the music there available to us that sings in our heart. And it's interesting if you get to know both of them, 
because each of them are artists. Each of them see their, is pursuing their gift and talent, and each of them appreciates the need and the understanding that there is always some place in there of the sword of the steel. And I say that because you're, you, you'll find as we go along, I think, that as we start to open our eyes to the various places that Father leads us, that that meter will, will be more or less for people as they walk. And I, I say this because I have friends that are truly defined by the edge of steel, but they're deep in their faith. But they understand very well that it is a there is a violence out here that is always that the kingdom is taken well people will try to siege the kingdom in violence and it's their duty to be watchers and their duty to be the protectors of those that are fighting the other dimension of the war and so it's a place where for some that's very difficult to to deal with and i just i know this well enough because i've had too many conversations of people that even try to re to push back and to suggest that that's not the case at all. And I will not, I'm not going to accept that in my life because Father doesn't make a uniform person. We are all each made uniquely. And Scripture even shows us that there's different walks for each person. I just encourage that tonight as a reflection because there's a lot of multiplicity of how we fight this fight. And it's going to be increasingly defined, in my opinion, as we move forward. And so as we honor and we enjoy and relish in the creations of the artistic, it's equally worthy to remember and honor those in the stance of, of the warrior and those that are standing there on the wall. And not to forget either, because they're mutually important and mutually supportive in all of this fight. I have a the second call I had today, which was just an amazing call, was a call, and I mentioned this in chat earlier, but there's a, there's a cattle rancher that is up in near Pendleton, Oregon, and it's um, Anderson Land and Livestock. They're one of the top breeders for cattle stock, seed, seed stock, to build great genetics in your herds. And I had a, I was able to reach out to the owner and connect with him yesterday, which was a very unexpected call and one that really uh, was inspiring to me. So you didn't know this in my plans, but I had in, was originally planning to be in Waco today, and I had, um, I had been scheduled to be with Ted Nugent today at his place. There were a number of things that came up that prevented that trip from happening this week. Um, some issues up here at the ranch, some other issues I had to deal with in other areas. And it just, there were too many moving pieces for that trip to really come together correctly this week. The interesting thing is that when I canceled the trip and I kind of felt this nudge and push, literally two hours later, I got an alert from American Airlines that said that we encourage you to cancel your trip because of weather issues in Dallas, which ended up not being as severe as they anticipated, but that seems to be the case lately. As it turned out, one of the issues I'm dealing with right now up at the ranch is the need for a new bull. And it is something that we're, we're, needing to get onto, and really we're anticipating to look more towards the fall, 
but open to whenever this comes up. And and new bulls, by the way, are not cheap. They're a, they can be in prime market. You can spend easily eight to ten thousand dollars on a bull, and so they're a big investment. But it's all part of building better genetics in your herd. And a lot of this is still a new walk to me. I'm learning cattle as quickly as I can. A year ago, I didn't even think I was going to have cattle. Now I've got 24 head and we're growing. So I, there was a place I'd come across this site on the web. And it, again, it was Anderson Land and, and Livestock. And just had a fantastic feeling about them. Read through their site. They look good. They're in Oregon. They're about five hours from me. And I managed to make contact with the owner yesterday. And we had an amazing conversation. Just And what was really inspiring were two things. That One is he is a true believer in working with the small rancher, which I definitely am, and the new rancher, I definitely am, and helping them build a good pathway towards building good stock and genetics. And the other thing that was very refreshing is we, were, we had such a wonderful conversation about God. And these are just very God-led type connections that remind us of the true sense of, of the bigger world out there. We get very focused at times with, the, the again, this kind of sewer and pile of manure that they build around us to focus on. And here... I, I meet somebody that we hit it off very early. He's 77 years old. He's been doing this second generation in the family. They have an amazing reputation nationwide on the, some of the best genetics in their, in their herds. And with that is the offer for me to come up this weekend to see the bulls, to see his operation, and to begin to learn some things from him. And I, I jumped at it. So today, uh, we talked again before the show, and it's interesting as this is just such a, I would say it's just such a normal conversation in, in the midst of a time when things seem to be so crazy, that a large part of the conversation was just him sharing with me his grandson. His grandson, who is a freshman in high school, who was just on a national basketball team down in Arizona and is flying back to do roping competition in Pendleton. And he's one of the national top national calf ropers and how, what, how proud he was of his grandson and how his grandson's a straight A student. And that the core of that is a grandson that was raised on a ranch. We've really displaced ourselves as a culture so much as we push ourselves into these high density urban living environments, we forget the goodness of what's going on in the traditional way of living. We talk a lot here about going back to go forward. And when you touch into this world where cattle and horse horsemanship and roping and the traditional skills are part of a normal upbringing, we start to realize how much more they develop way beyond just the academics. In our world now, so much of our world can revolve around a very myopic view, especially if one is channeled through public schools and then into university. There's very little hands-on experience. And if we look at something like 
this or even use an example like Mike Rowe, you, you begin to really appreciate the importance of skills rather than just intellectual or in some cases mind-numbing memorization. Tomorrow I'm going to be, I leave early in the morning and I'm driving up to meet with them at 9.30, which I'm looking forward to seeing the operation and getting a brain full of information that I don't have that I'll be quickly educated on and I'm sure matured very quickly into what cattle operations look like. And I don't have cattle experience other than what I've gained this last year. And I make, it's just, that's the honest truth. Other than the fact that God put that on my heart, Brad Cummings had prophesied on that even two months prior to say, you need to do cattle. And I pushed back and said, no, he's like, God wants you to do cattle. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do cattle. And sure enough, I end up doing cattle. There is a rewarding piece in that in when we start to work into the balance of life and nature and set aside the insanity of our politics and the, and the insanity of what people do and keep in mind that in these more rural and especially more traditional ways of living, there's so much wisdom that comes with that that is not from anything other than God himself. Most ranchers that you meet have a very wholesome and deep faith and it's understandable because they're living it in their life. You don't, I've personally not met true ranchers or cowboys that are atheists or even agnostic. They have a very wholesome respect for the word of God. They experience the miracles of God's creation regularly. They live with that faith in their life and they, because they're pursuing something that's greater than themselves. The pursuit here is, in this case, is this perfection and elevation of cattle to become better herds, healthier herds, stronger herds, improving the operations so that you build and, and nurture and steward that gift more and more. In, in this world that we're in, where so much emphasis is placed on the negative, trying to convince people that God's gift is exactly what we don't need. We forget the foundations truly, and we I should say we often forget the foundations of what we come from. We're, we're barraged with this propaganda about the negativity and we of eating meat, of butchering animals, of raising animals on a farm. This is a constant barrage of negativity. And they want you to constantly be defending and having to step away from the truth, which is it's as God intended. This is something that the resistance chicks, it was Michelle, in fact, said on our show a couple weeks ago, and she's so on point, is that there is more grass that grows on this earth than humans can eat. Humans don't eat grass. But cows eat grass. Deer eat grass. Sheep eat grass, pig will, pigs will eat grass, and even chickens can eat grass and the, and the bugs around it. All of those animals, which is the greatest irony of all, are by definition vegetarian. And yet we define a vegetarian diet as non-animal. The protein itself is made by the grazing on, on 
grass. We are intended to be stewards of this earth. We are intended to steward well. And the highest calling is when we take our gifts and talents to a level to continue to steward well. It's difficult in times in this period of time when we have a waging, a raging war around us, attacking our beliefs, attacking our thoughts, attacking the way we think and frame things, the way we see the world. To remember the importance of Jeremiah 6.16, which is to seek the ancient paths. And to remember that as Jeremiah 6.16 ends, it's the reminder that there is a split because they said they will not walk in it. We can't be that path. And so there's an importance to unplug from the stupidity of this world, to remember that we have a greater walk, a greater position, and truly, as we've talked about so much here, the place to stand, which is the place where the captain of the Lord of Hosts army stood, which was on kingdom space, serving God, not serving them meaning this crazy world that we're in. When we go through a week like we have this week, and we've done it even the last few weeks, but this week in particular seemed to be enormously burdened with the insanity of this Luciferian order. And I can't speak to how prolific it was other than the fact that the topics that we talked about have become mainstreamed and we ourselves are talking through them, moving them through our discussions, and they can become very consuming in our thoughts. On one hand, we have to keep our eyes on what the enemy's activities are doing. It's important, and we have to be vigilant to that point. But on the other hand, it's important for us to move our optic over to what God needs us to see and be reminded of. It's easy to fall into the traps of anxiety and fear. It's easy to feel overwhelmed with this ideas of, well, what happens if we go to war or what happens if I run out of food or what happens will I do if I can't buy things because they suspend my money? And it's just as a reminder tonight of a few things. One, we are at war and we have been at war really since 9-11, but more appropriately and more viciously since President Trump came to power. And this war has been an intense and vicious war to try to break the will of the people of America, in particular the people of in particular the people of America, but the people of the world. Once COVID came around, that war was an organized strategic plan to use the most sophisticated psyop methods known to man that were analyzed, that were prepped to wage that war relentlessly, to completely misdirect break and subdue a population, the population of the world. Those that have endured that are literally the mighty men and women of God. And it's important to step back sometimes and just smile and realize that in spite of all their insanity, they lost and they will never win. It gives us a little breathing room. And it gives us a chance, too, to realize that we've come a long ways. This is really in terms of any fight and any battle. 
there is a massive intensity in the battles. And when you're there, it is exhausting. At times, it's overwhelming, but you don't feel it until the battle pauses. And then when it pauses, you take this amazing breath and you just feel the weight of things settle in and and just exhaust you. There's a picture I have at the end of the fighting in Hyderabad with the Canadians. And it was a, it's an interesting picture because it's we finally had finished a long day of cleaning and sweeping through a, a, what is quite literally hell on earth in Afghanistan. The horrors that lived in that village are beyond description. It was torture chambers and rape chambers, etc., with money laundering for the Taliban and everything else. And at the end of the day, in amongst the smoldering of the the doors that had been blown open and the, the various bullet holes all through everything, inside a courtyard of a place with bodies outside and strewn around, the guys just sat there quietly, just enjoying a sip of water and having a bit of laughter. But it was a solemn moment of just exhaustion. It had been going on all night long and all through the day. And it's that quiet moment where you get to be human again. We need to take advantage of those moments when we have them. And in these times right now, in what has been effectively a pretty intense week of dialogue and an intense week in the news cycle for many other things, it's important to take a bit of breath to refresh and to remember what we're really doing here. It doesn't change our roles or intensities when the fight resumes, but in a pause right now that we have, this is a great time to truly enjoy and appreciate the gifts that God gives us in a greater way. We have an amazing God, an amazing Father, and He understands, as well as anyone, the measures of intensity that we deal with. Sometimes we need to take space from others just to sit quietly and calmly to be with Him and to get clarity on where we're going. Sometimes we need to walk in nature to hear him or experience the gifts around him. Sometimes we need to dig into the passions that we have that are other than the craziness of the news. And being that this is an information war, sometimes the only information we need to hear is his voice. There is no greater war that will cause greater damage than an information war. And you've heard me say this here many times, but it's very, very true. Wounds heal, psychological scars often don't. And that gives us another pause to reflect on what we witness around us. It's something to take to prayer and something to think about as we witness this attack that's particularly targeted children right now. And it's one of these places where more than ever right now, Children need to experience a moment of reprieve and love and confidence in those that walk with Jesus. It doesn't mean we have to be pushing them to read Scripture, but they need to witness what that strength is like. Now, this is, I have no idea truly where what Slash, the guitarist, believes. I have no idea where his spirituality rests. 
But what I do know is when he walked on that stage, children that were just playing and trying to do something had a moment to touch greatness in the fields that they were playing in. I know that the eyes, when you see the eyes of those children and you see the the way they suddenly shifted to play, I know when that singer paused and he looked over and he saw a slash and he was so stunned. When the drummer increased his beat and his focus on what he was doing, when the keyboardist realized what was going on and really dug in, that was a moment that will change their lives. Every one of them. They will never forget the moment that Slash walked up on stage. That's not idolatry, it's inspiration. Each one of us has that opportunity to make that impact in the world. And maybe that circle is small, and maybe that circle is big. But if we're walking truly in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're following that path that God leads us, that's one of the greatest things we can do right now for our youth, is to show them another way. I guarantee you, Slash is no dude that deals with transgenderism, if you know him. But he didn't have to say it. He just was a guy. And he, he's definitely a guy, trust me. I mean, he works out. He's, he plays with the ferocity that he needs to. And he demonstrates truly who he is through the keys, through the strings that he, he, he plays. Our youth need those, needs those sort of examples. They need the strength and commitment to the passions that are given to us and to keep them away from the, this ridiculousness of drawing them into the confusions that are intended to scramble their minds and lead them off the path. Each one is born with gifts and talents. And if we are so working in our place and inspire them in others, we're doing a great service to kingdom. Unfortunately, there's also a lot of other burdens that children face. Not only do they feel, deal with conformity of their own peers, they deal with pressures from parents to push them down a certain path. Maybe that path is to take them into college or maybe that they want to do a degree mind-numbingly as they do. And, and even though it may not interest them, they're told that you have to have a degree to go somewhere. One of the things that we can also be there is for the reminder to them in many different ways that there are many different paths in life, but the biggest issue in life is to find that path that God wants us on, even if it's a path that will later change, and to pursue it with the passion of our hearts. There may be, someone may follow their passion in one level and change five times in their life, and I tend to be one of those. I've had m- numerous passions in my life, and I still do, and I pursue every one of them with the intensity that I can give it. Others I know do one thing their whole life, and that's equally great. But within all this craziness, let us not forget the importance of the examples that we set for others, in particular the youth, in showing them our strength and confidence in this crazy time to be the beacons of light that they need to see. It doesn't have to be words often. It just has to be presence. And as we do that and we walk through this and we show the levelness and the command of the authority of the authorities given to us, it speaks volumes that the youth will see clearly and it will inspire them. They need it. Because right now, very much lacking in our world is good leadership. 
And in this time, we have the opportunity, each and every one of us, to step into leadership roles. And that leadership will be led by Father. It will be led with his blessing. And it will be led with his wisdom and guidance. I truly pray for our nation to see true leadership. I don't need leadership that takes the form of NFTs and superheroes. I don't need leadership that makes big, lofty promises that ultimately lead to nothing. I don't need leadership, and we don't need leadership that seeks division and hatred of one class to the other in the name of unity and in economic redistribution or wherever else. What we need truly is a leadership in this nation that appreciates the power and uniqueness of each individual and the glory of living within the body of Christ, which means that we respect one another, that we have loved our neighbor, and that we appreciate the difference and uniqueness that God made us perfectly in his image. We can affect that, and we can affect that very positively as we step away from the burdensome craziness of this world and walk truly in that place where the Lord, the captain of the Lord of Host Army stood and declare that holy ground for others to witness and see and to inspire others, not only to seek Jesus, but to seek the gifts and talents that God put on their heart so that they too can feel and experience the love and greatness that he intends for each. Let's pray. Father, we are truly blessed with the place we're at right now and the opportunities that set before us to transform our worlds literally one person at a time. Our prayers tonight are for the children, the children that have been the center point of the attacked by this enemy and sadly not enough defense placed up by the adults that should be protecting them. Father, in this moment of pause, may we be inspired and, and given the strength to walk in the world in such a way to draw the eyes of the children towards the light of Christ to show a confidence and security in our world and the way we walk, a confidence that only comes from our love in you, to truly walk in that place of holy ground and to demonstrate to the youth that as we do so, we can walk confidently without the burdens and stresses of the other and to teach them by example, lead them by example into a place of strength and kingdom. Father, this is a time when our youth needs that more than ever. We've had the broken family. We've had the weak parenting. We've had the obsessive attacks through obedience to the Luciferian call throughout our schools. And sadly, our children are left vulnerable and unarmored. So we pray for that. We pray that they will find that armor. But we pray as well that they will be able to find those examples with those that truly walk with Christ, whether it's by, in, by direct interaction or just by circumstantial passing, that they will feel that glory and love that Jesus brings to us, be strengthened by it, be encouraged by it, and to seek out more of it. Guide us in this time, Father, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.
So I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and take some time just to be with Father. Take some time to step back from the craziness because it's going to be here but come Monday easy, if not sooner. And just take a step back and be blessed with what we've been given and more importantly with the opportunity that sets before us. As crazy as things are right now, remember that what we're seeing has always been here, but it has been hidden. But as it comes to light, it gets crazy and visceral, viscerally hateful because it has never been exposed. And for that reason, we're feeling a great deal more of its attack on us. But there's no place that it can hide. This evil this has been lurking in the shadows is now in the open eyes for us to see. And Father's given us eyes to see. But let us now have the heart to heal and the heart to lead and the courage to stand mightily within the space of kingdom to show truly the mightiness of our Lord. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you Sunday night for Peace Be Still. Until then or until the next time, have a blessed Saturday. Have a blessed weekend. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Oh. Close to me, look how